Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yes, indeed, it is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatuli here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. Ross Lebensky's on the ones and twos. And you, rolling with us on a Thursday in the Metroplex, thanks for rolling with us. Uh, we got we got you till 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, this evening, and so we'll keep you keep you entertained as much as we can throughout the evening. Coming up at about uh, 20 minutes, is Luca really better than Dirk? We'll talk about uh, that here shortly. And obviously, I've got a great person to talk about that with the Mavs uh, MC himself, Chris. Um, now you've you obviously the MC you've been around for a while. Um, when it comes to covering sports, you've been doing this for since 1980. Yeah, like 40 some years at this point. It's incredible. You've I seen a lot flying, of things, man. and you've covered a lot of Super Bowls, a lot of NFL, mm-hmm. and so you come with a very unique perspective. And I hope that a lot of our audience, who also come with very unique perspectives themselves, can chime in on this conversation. Who, who are the best players to have never played or never won? Because yeah, some Bowl. of them have played yeah. and haven't won it. In because other words, the greatest, some of the greatest players ever got to play in it, but they didn't win it. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things where we talk about this. And, I mean, look, Tom Brady has a very good case of being one of, if not the best players of all time. And a lot of that is also still hinged on the winning of those Super Bowls. But we understand, like, this is a team game. There's ways in which sometimes – Things don't really work out for you and yep. circumstances don't happen and fall in the right place. And so great players can sometimes get, you know, fall, fall by the wayside in some of these things. So kind of want to just appreciate some of the great players in the league that you can remember that you recall. So tr- text in to the truckrick.com text line 877-881-1053. CA, was, was there a number that came to mind immediately for you or a, a name rather that came to mind immediately? Immediately is, is Dan Marino. Because there you go. quarterbacks always, you know, they always, how many rings are you in? They're always judged by Super Bowl victories. Dan Marino is arguably one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. You could say top three up until the last three or four years. Top five quarterbacks. Dude had all the stats. He had great teams, never won a Super Bowl. Just never did. Yeah, and it's crazy. They they went to the Super Bowl But nobody can on. say he sucked. Right. No, I don't, I don't think. It's kind of incredible, especially because. Usually, we use that as a metric, especially uh-huh. when we talk about quarterbacks. It's Nowadays, all about wins and this such. century. And they went to a Super Bowl in his second year and just never made it back. And mm-hmm. he always ends up being kind of the test case one to remind you that, you know, sometimes good players may not end up in that place where they get that W. But then also, uh, that Super Bowl thing is fleeting, right? You, you're not yeah. always going to be back. There's no guarantee of a return 
But I mean, threw for three hundred eighteen or three hundred eighteen yards and a touchdown in that game, but just matched up against uh, a, a monster in that Niners team. And so, yeah, the Niners were a veteran team. Yeah, he was, he was on a young team and he was a young guy. Again, he's a great player, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. No ring. Yeah, and I I think you put up any list, he's going to be probably number one when we talk about oh, yeah. players that have not won that Super Bowl. And he his name popped up quite a few times. Can I give you another one? Please do. Because he, he went to school here at SMU, and I've been knowing him forever, and he never went to the Super Bowl, let alone won a Super Bowl. Actually, let me do this twice. 877-881-1053. He, one went to SMU and one went to Oh, uh, we're going to make this a guessing game. It's too, it's too simple. It's, it's very simple. Both these guys are in the Hall of Fame. Both of them played the same position. Neither one of them made it to the Super Bowl, and they are arguably top 15 players of all time. Definitely top five in their position. Oh, goodness. One went to SMU, one went to TCU. Both of them in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, both of them were electric. They were offensive players. One went to SMU oh, in the no. 80s. One went to TCU in the 90s. Um, I'm, I'm blanking. I feel so awful right now. That's why I threw it out to the Tolos, 877-881-1053. And they're responding. Yep. 817, yeah. you got it right. 940-817. Eric Dickerson is the name that came up. And and Ladanian Tomlinson. I was trying. Oh, well, yeah, I should have remembered Ladanian Tomlinson. I was tr- I was like, Both of them I think backs. that and you know what? I got afraid of like throwing out a name and feeling being wrong. And you know what? Just a reminder. Try, you know. Just try. Yeah, you, you, don't, you don't make the shots you never take. That's right. You know what? That's true. And I started trying to be like, wait, did Eric Dickerson really never win a Super Bowl? Never won a Super that's, Bowl. That is got, wild to think he, about. He, he, he never went to the Super Bowl. He got close, went to the NFC championship game. But did not make it. I think the Bears knocked them off that year that they went to the championship game. That's incredible. And, I mean, quarterback, I think the reason why Dan Marino is so incredible is because quarterback does have the most amount of impact mm-hmm. on a team, even if they're not, like, the end-all, be-all of this. Running back for a while had a lot of impact, but mm-hmm. it's still not the same. And so you can end up with great players that kind of get trapped on in bad circumstances or things where it's it doesn't end up right. And I think – LaDainian Thomas is one of those because oh, yeah. that, that franchise just feels cursed. I don't know what it is about yeah. them. Because, um, I mean, they've they've had years where they were just incredible up and down where you mm-hmm. talk about loaded quarterback, running back, wide receiver. How uh, about defensively? Junior defensive Seau. Yeah, Junior Seau. I know Sean Merriman played yes. there. Uh, I mean, you had, like, there they were instances where you had Antonio Cromartie and Quentin mm-hmm. Jammer at the same time on both cornerbacks. Like, that's – I mean, Eric Weddle played there for a yes. amount of time. Like you Got have incredible ring players, the Rams. yeah, and ultimately that did not make it there. So no, those those guys easily. You're right, top top uh, level players, top fives at their position. A lot of people would consider them, and unfortunately, never won a Super Bowl. Let me throw in one run, another running back who's greater than those two, and never went to a Super Bowl. Is are we talking about the Lions running back, Barry Sanders? Barry Sanders, absolutely, he's the greatest running back I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, Barry Sanders comes up, uh, and yeah, the highlights of Barry Sanders are insane. Just he's I've just a, he's a video like game mm-hmm. in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the reasons why Tech Mobile was was a problem when you yeah. put, when he put him in the game. But speaking of right, this is just kind of a quick distraction. I did see that they're making a Tech Mobile documentary. In a wild, yeah, I saw that earlier, and I was like, well, oh. you know, uh, so I, a lot I, of people grew up on it. Yeah, a lot of people did. I'm real interested to see that. So real Barry Sanders, and then of course they six eight two mentions when we talk about Barry Sanders. 
Got to also talk about Calvin Johnson, Megatron. Yep. Anybody else go to play for Detroit probably just fits right in here, doesn't it? And don't here's they? the irony for Detroit. They make it to the NFC Championship game this year for the first time since Barry Sanders in the 1990s. That's the tie-in because that franchise that, – so even when you look at franchises – you name a Minnesota Viking, they did not go. And the no. first one I'm thinking of is Randy Moss. Easy. And Randy Moss, I say did not go. They did not win a Super Bowl. Win, they yeah. went four times. Randy Moss went with the Patriots. The Patriots. Oh, and seven. I, I was at that game when they were the undefeated team blowing out everybody, and them damn Giants won that game. And I felt so bad for Randy Moss out of all the players because I was like, Man, I hate that for him. And he had bounced around. Yeah, because he had ba- he bounced around, didn't do nothing with the Raiders, didn't do nothing with the 49ers. He actually was with the Tennessee Titans for a minute. He was. And then he gets to the Patriots, and that's easily Tom Brady's like best statistical year. Yes. And it's in no everybody. small part because he had, for the first time in, I mean, maybe the most prominent time, a target that was yeah. that was legit you know, break your defense type right. talent. He always just had slot receivers. You know what I'm saying? Guys that are just oh okay. You know, and I do slot. want to put some respect on Rob Gronkowski because again that was a yeah. that was a tough dude to t- but he ain't right. Randy we, Moss. We, yeah, we talking about tight ends, right? And we talking about Randy Moss. Randy Moss that, that year I think Brady had 50 touchdown passes. 50, I believe so. I think the number is 54. If I remember correctly, I'll I'll look it back up. And I don't know why that one sticks out, but it's just and it it might be because mm-hmm. you know on a uh, football reference. When they put that, when they, when you're like your career high is up there, they put that thing in, in, yeah, in a in, in a different shade. Yeah. And uh, let's see, uh, fit, no, you're right, fifty, fifty on the doubt. Mm-hmm. You were 100 percent right. See, that's what I get for doubt and CA. That's my bad. I, I, but yeah, I'm saying off the top of my history, there is room for doubt. Um, Terrell Owens never won a Super Bowl. That's from the five three zero. You're exactly right. To never won a Super Bowl, and he played for some great franchises. He did go to the Super Bowl with Philadelphia, but the quarterback threw up. Said it. Yeah. McNabb threw up in the middle of the game, and T.O. always reminds him of that. Adrian Peterson, all day, A.D., did not win a Super Bowl, and he played most of his career with the Vikings. Yeah, I, that dude, there's, I don't know what you say about Adrian Peterson. Like, that dude felt like a throwback in a time when we started having the change in running backs in this He's league. He's the last running back to be the MVP of the league. Yeah. Yeah, this, it just feels like that was the end of an era, and it was just—it was a very—it was a very decided and defined marking point because he was fantastic for a very long time, mm-hmm. for a very very long time. Six uh, eight two says Joe Thomas, the great tackle for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's always I mean, a good note. Yeah. <laughs> Notoriously, the first lineman in the NFL. Um, that was always fun. To he even threw in Darrell Revis, Revis Island, and Champ Bailey. Yeah, they those both it. incredible lockdown corners. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Uh, from the six eight two, Luke Keekley. Yep. It's tough when you start looking at the linebackers that never uh, won a Super Bowl because someone mentioned Brian Erlacher as well. Oh, somebody else mentioned the Buffalo Bills and O.J. Simpson in particular. I wanted to get back to this one because O.J. is a very interesting player, right? I always wonder how people feel like claiming him because he was incredible as a football player. That first 2,000-yard running back. And then on top of that, he was a very widely and beloved like spokesperson and actor and yeah, those things. That's why it was such a shock when he did what he did. And then he got out here and he wilded out, right? Like he, he yeah. wilds out. And now it's just so uncomfortable having yeah. to have conversations about him all the way across. And, and then he's on social media commenting on football nowadays. And now he's doing podcasts and out here just talking about all sorts of things like, mm-hmm. hey, man. It's like if we could just talk about the football of OJ, it's incredible. I do do the Bills like claim him, claim him? Because I'm sure like they're not like, yo, he never played here. But not it's like I don't really. know that you want to publicize that for Yeah, they know he was there, but they, you know, it's almost like you know they don't really. Come. I will say this: I've met him a couple of times before all that mess happened, right? And the thing that amazed me 
is he had one of the largest head on a person <laughs> that I've ever seen in my life. You think if you think if you think Bruce Bochy's got a large head, and Bochy likes to talk about his large head because he's got a very large head. OJ's head was even larger. I'm just saying. That uh, man had a giant head. I don't know how the helmet fit on his head. Wait, someone mentioned that. Let me see. Um, Darrell Revis won one. He probably did. Think about it. He he might have did, did something with, with New the England. Yeah, That's right. Because he was okay. Cool. Yep. So shout out to Darrell Revis. He does not make the list. How about Bruce Smith? Bruce Smith, yeah, obviously, Buffalo Bills. Safety in the Super Same Bowl, thing. right? Like, I do want to shout him out individually. Yeah, pass rush, edge rush. He, he, he did all the things necessary. Earl Campbell. Now, you were talking about this when we, maybe a week or so about, we were talking about the Vikings in another capacity, talking about, like, the Randall Cunningham. And, yes, and that was the team I wish had gone to the Super Bowl. They, they were 15-1 and that year. It was Randall Cunningham. Uh... You had Randy Moss then. He yeah, just, Randy Moss. And Chris, and, was it Chris Carter still? or did Chris he? Carter was there, and they also had this running back who played at Ohio State, light-skinned brother. He's a doctor, or he was a, went to medical school, and he wound up doing some TV broadcasting for college. Anyway, they had a, a very set team, had a really good defense. Um, and Alan Page is the, one of the defenders that I wanted to bring up. Yeah, that dude had day, a fantastic career with the Vikings. He's a judge now. Yes, he is. Yes, a, just a fascinating human being all the way across. And ultimately, he doesn't make uh, win a Super Bowl with that team. Um, let's see. It's in Anthony Munoz. Anthony Munoz absolutely mm-hmm. jumps up here. Jason Witten. I, yeah, you could throw him in there mm-hmm. for sure. Um, some Derek, other names. Derek Thomas from Kansas City Chiefs. Always Late loved Ray. watching him play. You mentioned uh, Larry Fitzgerald, obviously. Yes. What, it, the wide receiver for the, for the Cardinals. Yeah, he went to the Super Bowl. I was at that Super Bowl. He would have been the MVP if Big Ben Ro- Ben Roethlisberger had marched them down the field and threw that ball to San Antonio Holmes, I was I was just like crushed. Because guess what? Larry Fitzgerald's dad was there covering him. His dad's oh, a, yeah, a long time. Right. He's a good yeah. friend of mine. He's a he was there. I mean, we he was covering his son, and everybody wanted to get his reactions, and then they lost. And and Larry Fitzgerald had a hell of a game. I want to say he had a couple of touchdowns and over 100 yards receiving. He would have been the MVP. I'm serious for the Cardinals. Um, let's see what else. Someone mentioned Patrick Willis, Zach Martin. <laughs> Zach Zach Martin, I mean, that's gonna be a yeah, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um you say Tyron Smith <laughs> if you're gonna do that. Ken Anderson, the quarterback from the Bengals, never won it. Oh wow. Um, Warren Moon never Warren won. Warren Moon it. obviously comes up. JJ mm-hmm. Watt. JJ Watt, yeah. Never won. JJ Watt is one of those guys who's now he's up there, man. You know, you you follow what I'm saying? You think about him like, oh yeah, he just retired recently. J.J. Watt, from the time he set foot on the NFL field, he was dominant. I mean, Defensive Player of the Year several times. Fran Tarkenton comes up yep, as well. Name, like I said, name a Viking. Fran Tarkenton, absolutely. Like, he – yes, it really is. There's some teams that you can just name name their greatest player and then they pop in here. I got to thank the totals real quick because they're naming him. Uh, Robert Smith, that was the name of that running back for the Vikings. Mm, there you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Thank um, y'all. Yeah, and the, the 972 brings up the crazy stat about Larry Fitzgerald that he had more tackles than drops in his career. Yeah. I, I, let's see, I think Eric Chiafalo plays that clip of me. Oh, tr- trying to get that stat to out. Explain that stat, and I bumbled it or fumbled it. Oh uh, man, like Larry Fitzgerald is one. It, would you? He's top five all time, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's up there. He's one of the he's one of the best receivers of all time. He just again never won. And th- when the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl, it was like it was it was an amazing thing for that for that organization to get there. 
Those um, are just some, Steve McNair. Yeah, Steve you know? McNair, rest peace. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of great players that you could think of that it never quite made it. Yeah. Um, and so I know there's there's people that are obviously you know using uh, using that kind of. Uh, that kind of Dallas Cowboys yeah. annoyance to talk about the fact that like nobody who's played with Dak Prescott mm. at this point. And but I mean, like you can mention you can mention a lot of Cowboys that played over the last the quarter century. century. This yeah. century. I mean, since the mid nineteen nineties. Name a cowboy. Yeah. Um D, well, D Ware won one. Yeah, he he went and he went he and went, got his he went and got his with the with the Broncos. Well, can't be mad at him. You can't you can't be mad at him. Because uh, they let him go. But he, he's, he's still in that ring of honor, though. Sure is. There you go. It's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, uh, inspired by a quote from Jason Kidd, the head coach of the Mavericks. Is Luka really better than Dirk at this point? We'll discuss next on The Fan. It's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatula alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. Thanks for rolling with us on this Thursday evening in the Metroplex. You know, just... Talking a little integration in college football uh, in the middle of a break on uh, the first day of Black History Month. Funny how that comes across. It was Randall Cunningham to Sam Bam coming Cunningham. That was his older brother, Sam Bam Cunningham from USC. And then we, I started talking about how USC beat Alabama, and that kind of led to them integrating their football team. And then we started talking about how uh, the University of Texas integrated and everything and how mm-hmm. 1970 was, what, the last national championship with an all-white team? Uh-huh. Kind of incredible. That's the, we talk sports all the way through the breaks here on the Get Right um, on 105 through the fan. It's it's always a fun experience and glad that you can guys can hang out with us. Uh, coming up in another 20 minutes, we'll have a conversation about what was your favorite. I got to call somebody moment. I'll explain that a little bit later on. But right now, um, let, let's talk about this. Um, Jason Kidd, head coach of the Dallas Mavericks, was uh, he was interviewed earlier this week and he gave this quote: "Quote, he's better than Dirk." He's in the atmosphere of MJ, the best to ever do it, LeBron, Kobe. And so just to appreciate what that young man's doing at the age of 24 is something that Dallas has never seen. I've said this internally. He is better than Dirk. He does things that Dirk can never do. And now is the opportunity of getting the right people around him to ultimately win a championship. Of course, in that that quote, Jason Kidd is talking about Luka Doncic, the star player of these Dallas Mavericks. And those are bold claims, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just better than Dirk. Also, he's in the realm of MJ, LeBron, Kobe, guys that people consider to be three of the absolute best to ever play the game of basketball in, at the highest level. And so with that being the case, 877-881-1053, is Luka actually better than Dirk? Okay, let's follow up Dirk. Let's follow up Jason Kidd's comments. Jason Kidd is tight friends with Dirk. Mm-hmm. They won the Nash- They won the uh, NBA championship together. He's actually what a re- time. Yeah, back in the good old days, 2011. Yeah. He's actually requoting Dirk. Dirk mm. has actually said that Luca is this is not just recently. Dirk was yeah. saying it when he played with Luca. He said he is better than I am and he's young and he's going to be better than I am. What the the best way to describe this is Luca is more talented than Dirk. You follow him going? Mm-hmm. He can do more things. He's got handles but he's when when J Kid and J Kid has played with LeBron and he I mean he coached LeBron when they won the the championship in the bubble he was the Lakers defensive coordinator he's played with Kobe and LeBron on on um, the Redeem team in China yeah so and he's friends with all of them but here's the deal neither Dirk nor Luca play defense 
Dirk's nickname playing basketball was Irk because he didn't play no D. He had no D. That was his nickname. He laughed about it, too, because he knew his feet couldn't move fast enough to stay in front of people. Sure. Luka, is, as big as he is, he's not a defensive player. He has to commit to zone defenses. So when J. Kidd says he's up there with LeBron and Kobe, I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. Offensively he is, but not total all-around player because those guys would get uh, defensive player of the year from time to time. Mm-hmm. Luka ain't never going to get that. Now, Luka can aspire to it, and I think that's the carrot that, that uh, J. Kidd and the coaches wave in front of him. And that's why he says, hey, if you looked up, I blocked some shots. Notice the stat. Because mm. Luka's trying to say, look, I can play some defense. In other words, keep doing that, Luka. Maybe you can be a total player. But offensively, he is more talented than the Dirk. Will he last 21 years in one franchise? No. Even Luka has said, I am not going to play as long as, as LeBron or Dirk. Because LeBron's still playing. That's his idol. He's not going to play that long. At the same time, is he going to give this team a franchise? Is he going to give this franchise a championship like Dirk? You hope so. Sure. And he's got to get some help. He's got to get a team built around him. I can see the Dirk influence of, and it's also a European thing. Because remember, Luca's not an AAU guy. So when you hear people saying on there, oh, Luca's just going to leave, that's people trying to sow doubt and create fear because uh, they, they uh, traffic in fear. Luca is European, and that's why. He's all Slovenia. You know, he wants to play in these world games. He wants to win something for the city of Dallas. You follow him going? Mm-hmm. He's not chasing championships going from team to team like LeBron did or like some other guys do, just the AAU kind of thing, like James Harden. Dirk showed him. This is what I always say about Luka and Dirk. The greatest thing that ever happened to, to Luka was to play Dirk's final season with him to see how he operated but also to see how he's beloved. You can be a champion. There are rare athletes who are beloved champions, and that is Dirk. And he mm. got to see it. And him and Dirk are, are really good friends to this day. I mean, look, ultimately, it's going to be interesting to see how the career unfolds. But it's tough. It's tough to hear that just straight up and be like, yeah, better than Dirk. Especially as of right now. Especially when we look at, you're comparing the entirety of the career of Dirk Nowitzki. Mm-hmm. All the ups and downs, the development, the yeah, progress. 21 years. Progress. To what Luca has, but was seventh year, I think it's his sixth or seventh year. Yeah, thereabouts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'd be seven because then we're going into that uh, the next um, the next ex- extension. All I know is he got here when he was like nineteen, and now he's going to be twenty five next month. Yeah, or end, end of this month, he's going to be twenty five on the twenty eighth. Yeah. And so, but the, I think one of the things, especially, is like you look at the ways in which you talk about the talent. That's absolutely there, no, right? Like the scoring is clearly mm-hmm. there. The three point ball has gotten even better. The handles and the thing that he clearly has over Dirk Nowitzki, and is this is just kind of generational. Is there is there's a playmaking that is there that simply Dirk Nowitzki did not have the opportunity nor the inclination yeah. to have at that point because he was not a point guard, right? And then he played in an era where you, you, you the point guard still kind of initiated mm-hmm. what's happening. We've gotten to a point where now your best player, if they have the ability within them, is going to initiate offense and be be that. And then Luka just has another level of that on top of it. So those things absolutely hold. But it's it really is tough to like to to have him not just there, but then comparing him to MJ, LeBron, and Kobe. But you're right. Like those are things that he can aspire to. But, he can try. Yeah. Again, his body isn't built the same way. No. In, in other words, I, I cannot see him as that kind of a lockdown defender that MJ, Kobe, and LeBron 
are and were. At least with, at one point in each of their careers, they were yeah. all one of the best defenders in the league. With that being said as well, one thing about Dirk, and you have to marvel at this, he reinvented a position. He was the first yeah. big that shot threes. He was the first stretch four. You follow what I'm saying? And at the time, he was ridiculed. Oh, he's a soft Euro because he wasn't down on the post banging with people. I mean, there are old heads to this day that still shrug their shoulders. And go, yeah, well, he he stayed out there. He wasn't in the paint. Shaq left all values in the paint. Uh, but Dirk reinvented the position, but also Dirk created the shot. That one-legged fadeaway, to this day, players emulate that. That's one of Kevin And attach that with him. Yeah. yeah. And they give him his credit. They yep. say, I, we got that from Dirk. So Luka's not creating a uh, – he's not the first stretch four, a stretch – I mean, he's a he's a tall point guard, but Magic was tall before him. Mm-hmm. So he's not reinventing the position. But one thing he does do is he dictates the hell of a, out of a, out of tempo. Yeah, D- uh, Luca can go, he can control the tempo of a game better than anybody I've seen in years. Yeah, and it's it's also another another interesting point that I keep thinking about because whenever I think of Dirk, I think about how um, now a lot of the hate that you talk about that Dirk got in that time. He, he has been vindicated from it because yes. we get more of the like efficiency of mm-hmm. this, efficiency numbers, and show how effective he was in that way. But Luka Doncic is already living in this place where that's the efficiency that we, we, you know, that we operate on, and he's a darling in those metrics. And so, Oh, yeah, those three-pointers, yeah. Yeah, man, it, it, it's crazy to think about, but he is in some ways very much better than what Dirk had. But now, as Jason Kidd mentioned, and I should mention that this was in an interview on 97.1, uh, the freak that Jason Kidd mentioned the idea that now the the goal is and what you need to do is put p- the right people around him to ultimately win a championship. Yep. And I mean, obviously, they even had to do that for Dirk. Exactly. Exactly. I know that that was one of the big frustrations as to why after the championship, when that team was kind of disbanded, like you finally found the right. right mixture, and to immediately go away from that was tough. You know what? You know why Cuban did that? And Mark talks about it. He looked at the analytics. And he felt like they were a team that won a championship, not a championship team like a dynasty. Mm-hmm. In other words, if all of those guys, all those guys, the main cogs in that team were in their 30s. He felt like if they had been the age of, say, Oklahoma City Thunder, where you got KD, Harden, Russ, Serge Ibaka, all those guys 23 years old. Yeah. He'd have, he'd have kept them right there. But he said, you know what? I got to build around Dirk. And so he rolled the dice. And their analytical people who, you know, like what Cuban did, not me. I was like, oh, man. I was like one of the guys, right. come on, Mark, no, man. Give him a laugh together, man. Give him some more. Let him have three or four years together. Come on, man. But ultimately, he didn't. And that's, at least you got the one with Dirk. You got to give yeah, him that. But you also got to give him all those years of 50-plus wins. Absolutely. Now, again, it, it came out of told him. I hate it when people do revisionist history. And say, oh, we've always loved Dirk. There was a whole bunch of people inside Dallas, nationally, internationally, oh, he's soft. They'll never win without him. He does, he's not a dog. I could go down the list of what he went through. Mm-hmm. And I know, because I keep receipts, uh, people in the streets, people on radio, people on television, who said, Dirk ain't winning S. Dirk is Euro. He is soft. And he had to psychologically live with this. Yeah. And so his journey, in other words, I don't want people to th- to like his journey was easy. No, no he and, went through an amazing. A lot of people mentally couldn't have handled what he went through, and still kept playing, and still, you know, helped Nelly, who said, "You be a, a stretch for 
What's a stretch for? In other words, this wasn't Dirk's idea. He wasn't a stretch for in Europe. That was Don Nelson creating a position. And he went through hell because of Nelly's wild idea. And I think you get like 11 thereabouts, somewhere in that range, double-digit 50-plus game, you know, game or 50-plus win seasons mm-hmm. with the Mavericks. And I think that that's another metric that you that you probably look at this under. Now, understandably, and to be fair, I think that the league has gotten even more talented and like the, the talent has spread around yes, the league balanced, as well. Balanced, yeah. And so I, I wonder how much you can use like the 50 game metric as a, you know, as a, you know, we'll put it like this a bar or a barometer. We'll put but it like I'm, I'm interested to see like because as of right we, now, Luca has 150 plus win season or am I missing one? Yeah, 150 plus win season at, at the helm of this team. And obviously they have not done all of the job of putting the team around him, but that's going to be a way that you also judge him, um, especially when you're comparing him. If you're putting him in the realm of we're comparing him to greats, mm-hmm. that's some one of the ways that greats in the NBA yeah, the tend to be judged. Well, in a way. The, the, the thing about the 50 wins, it wasn't like he did, uh, what was it, 17, however many it was. It was consecutive in a row, and only the Spurs yeah, had the more. You follow what I'm saying? You could, you could have some ups and downs. I'm talking even And a the few Miami 60s Heat. in there as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, I, again, the Miami Heat – won some championships, but they didn't win 50 games in a row. I mean, 50, they didn't have 50 win seasons umpteen years in a row. Right. They had highs and lows or whatever. So there is something to be said for that. But like you said, nowadays with talent spread out all over the East and the West, it's harder to do. But on the, the main thing is Luka's got insane offensive talent. Yes. Dirk didn't have insane. He had really good, but he didn't have insane. And Dirk like I said, he delivered a championship, so that's one bar that people in Dallas are always going to look at Luka and say, well, can you deliver like Dirk? Yeah, and that's that's the tough thing. I, I think and that, wa- that's where kids said, we got to build around him. Right, that's that's going to be the metric. That's going to be what, real quick before we go. What do you think it means the the ah, What do you think it means then for Luka Doncic to then be considered and to be judged on the metric of you're not you're not. We're not talking about you with Dirk. We're talking about you with the greats in the league now. What do you think that means for him? It, you know what? I, I think it means for Jason Kidd. Yeah, he's and not, not to imply that Dirk is not a great. Clearly. Oh yeah, of course. It's like it's obvious he's in the Hall of Fame. But when he's talking about the MJs and the Kobe's and and the Lebrons, and we're talking about American greats, Dirk's the greatest European player of all time. When you're talking about you know top five player, Kobe, LeBron. MJ, that's top five. Dirk's top 25 or top 15. With that being said, that's almost like a bar for Luka to aspire to, mm-hmm. to live up to that hype. But it's also, y'all need to recognize, and that's probably to some of the people who are trying to discredit his 73-point um, outburst because there's a lot of critics who try to act like the Atlanta Hawks yeah. were playing defense, and right. that's not true. The man made three, he made eight threes in that game. That has nothing to do with defense. That's called accuracy. And because Luka can control the tempo in the paint, like my, my guy Stephen A. Smith is like, it was a layup line. No, it wasn't. Luka's six foot seven, and he weighs 250 pounds. Yeah, a lot He's of people- hard to stop in the paint. And he, got, he does these head fakes and arm. Anybody that follows the Mavericks knows he just doesn't come in and make a layup. Mm-hmm. That's easily blocked. Yeah, a, there was a lot of people using a, a few clips of the, you know, of the Hawks. Kind of giving up on on a defensive play. Meanwhile, to, to make they're lauding like the Embiid, and he does this against the worst team in the league, second worst team in the league. The Spurs this year. Spurs are the second worst team in the league, even though they got Wimby. 
behind the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. And oh, Embiid, 70 points. Right. Man. How about Luka, 73, including more efficient. Look at the numbers. And those threes. It wasn't like Embiid was jacking up threes. Luka may not ever hit that 73 again like that. I'm talking about the variety with the efficiency. Yeah. I, and they needed every single point he made because the Atlanta Hawks were about to win that damn game. Yeah, I mean, became the fourth highest scorer in a game in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And so now the most points since Kobe. There you go. 81. It's 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 a it's a high bar that now and high aspirations that he now has to, you know, look at and you'll have an opportunity to see him continue that grind Saturday. Yep. Next time that he's back on the floor, uh, we hope that he's on the floor. I know that we, he missed the game. He's going to have plenty against of rest. Minnesota. Yeah, he'll have plenty of rest. Absolutely. And they'll get going on Saturday against the Milwaukee Bucks at the AAC. Giannis, Dame time. Doc Rivers. There you go. Um, it's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, what's your favorite I got to call somebody moment in honor of the 20-year anniversary of that one time at the Super Bowl with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. You remember that? We'll talk about it all next on The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. So get right right here on 105 through the fan. Reginald Atatula here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you, down. Thanks for rolling with us on a Thursday evening in the Metroplex um, where Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News tweeted this out. Um, not more than 30 minutes ago. Former Vikings head coach and former defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, Mike Zimmer, is interested in the current vacant Cowboys gig, uh, a person with knowledge of his thinking said. So as Chris Arnold was talking about earlier in the evening, Uh Mike Zimmer has at least seemingly put himself in play for the defensive coordinator position that has been vacated as uh, the news of the day is that Dan Campbell, is going to be the next head coach of the Washington Commanders. How about Dan Quinn? Or Dan Quinn. Oh, I've been doing that all day. That's I, okay. I've been hearing Dan Campbell think of Dan Quinn, hearing Dan Quinn think of Dan Campbell, but Dan Quinn. Dan Campbell is still going to be the head coach of the Lions. Both of them got Cowboys ties. They they both do. Just a lot of Dans. Yeah. And a lot of Dans. Well, let, me, let me say this about Mike Zimmer again. He may not be the perfect choice that everybody really wants, 
But I'm telling you, Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones look at Mike Zimmer as family because he was there in the 90s when those, winning those rings with Jimmy. He was there in the 2000s with even with Parcells. He was the highest. They made him the highest paid defensive coordinator in the NFL when the University of Nebraska wanted him instead of Bo Pelini to be their head coach. And they said, stay right here. In other words, they did the Dan Quinn. Stay right here, Mike Zimmer. So knowing that Mike McCarthy is on a one-year deal, he might be a nice little guy to slide in right there on the one-year deal and not mess up the defense that you got and, you know, be there just for at least that one year at least and see how it goes. Yeah, well. In other uh, words, you might want a younger guy, but the younger guy ain't coming to 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 pair with Mike McCarthy that he don't know, and Mike McCarthy might get fired. Yeah, I imagine that that'd be a tough sell. So we're, we're, we'll keep you updated we'll keep you with updated. all the news that we get. Like I said, uh, Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News letting us know that, uh, hey, man, Mike Zimmer interested in that position. So there you go. Uh, but right now, uh, it today, February 1st, 2024, is 20 years to the date of Super Bowl, what is that, 38? Down in Houston. In Houston. The wardrobe malfunction. That's right. It you was, know, nobody remembers who won that game. Um, the New England Patriots. Yeah, the New England did. Patriots. I was at that game. I remember that game because mm-hmm. that one was played, like you mentioned, in Houston. That was Patriots, uh, Panthers. Car- yeah, Carolina. Jake DeLone takes the, uh, the, the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl to face off against the Patriots and nobody the halftime ever, and nobody ever talks about it. I wonder why. Yeah. Well, it's because the halftime show got a lot of attention. Honestly, on CBS as well. So, CBS this year. I mean, we we have a lot of uh things in place now to make sure that that's nothing like that happens. However, on that night, we had uh a a historic moment in the United States of America okay. as Janet Jackson was performing, Justin Timberlake came on as well, and at the end of the performance um, do you remember what like what was supposed to happen? Yeah, I was there. Yeah, you and were. I, and I did all the research on everything about that whole wardrobe malfunction. What was supposed to happen? They say on the wardrobe malfunction. By the way, they were doing Justin's song, uh, "Rock, uh, Rock Your Body, Rock Your Body, Rock Your Body." And he at the end of the song, he says, "I'm heavy naked." By the end of this song. That's what he says yeah. in the song. And for people who are like, why are they doing that song? Janet actually sings background vocals on the song. Oh, I didn't realize that. And that's why it's a tie-in where, okay, he shows up for her halftime. And they were friends at the time anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, she had a wardrobe bustier bra, a yep. leather bra, and he was supposed to rip it off. A layer of it. A right? layer of it. And instead, he ripped off all of it. And they were trying to say, was it his fault? Was it her fault? Did she do that on purpose? Was her uh, wardrobe person who came up with the outfit? Was there sabotage? Was there? Yeah. Was there a. And then for those who said, oh, she wanted that because, look, she had a nipple ring that looked like a sheriff badge. I mean, you could go down the list on the conspiracy theories, but the wildest part about the whole thing is you could not see that in the, sta- in, in the stadium. In, you, not only couldn't you see it in the stadium, you could not see it with your naked eye as it was happening. You only could see it if you rewound it and you slowed it down. Seriously. Mm-hmm. And so, you're, I, what was the question? When was the last time you had? Yeah, the what, what, what's, what's uh, I guess, your favorite or what was the time that you had a I got to call somebody moment? Yeah, so let me just say this one little thing. Please do. I'm at the stadium in the media section 
We're watching the performance, and it happens just when the lights go off. Yep. And they wrap her up in a towel because I'm watching all this go on, but I'm not thinking anything unusual happened. I'm just like, okay, they're uh, brisking her off the stage and wrapped up in a towel. I get a a phone phone call from my friend in Dallas saying, did you just see what happened? I said, yeah, I'm here. Man, he took off her top. I said, what What do you mean? (laughs) What are you talking about? What? And I'm like, I could see the stage. I was close enough, and I could see they had it on the scoreboard real big, and there was nothing unusual that I saw, but that's all people were talking about. And he said, we had to rewind it. I was like, did you? Because I thought I saw it live. And then you had to back it up. And then, again, the scandal, uh, the FCC fine. Yeah. Uh, Les Moonves, who was the president of CBS at the time, yep. blackballed Janet. I'm serious. Yeah. You could just Google it up. He wound up blackballing her. Uh, Justin Timberlake uh, cried tears and he didn't want to lose his McDonald's endorsement and say, I just didn't know what happened. I just didn't want to know that much. <laughs> Janet didn't say a word about nothing, try right. to keep it moving. And they blackballed her from being in all these different award shows, not the nominations, but she was supposed to appear later that month. I mean, they had a whole big thing planned. And so, mm. well, I mean, I think, oh, yeah, you know, we talked about this on the crosstalk. The channel YouTube was invented because of that moment. Yeah, in order to share that video, you mentioned that, you know, Silicon Valley, some folks in there, you know, wanted to send that video. What they were doing was they were at their lunch break. You can Google this up. The story's there. This is not hearsay. This Mm -hmm. is a story of fact. In the early 2000s, there was no such thing as YouTube. And so these guys at Silicon Valley, you know, they had, uh, I don't know if they even had Facebook yet, but they had you, they had MySpace. Now, because Facebook is what, 05, 06, yeah. thereabouts? Yeah, so I, I know they had MySpace. I might be wrong in that. And, but the Silicon say. Valley guys, they were at Google, and they were like, did you see? Because everybody was talking about, did you see Janet? And they said, well, come over to our house, because I got it on videotape. And they, so one of them was like, wouldn't it be nice if you had a, a website where you could just share it, and you don't have to meet up over everybody's house? And those two guys created YouTube. And did Janet get a cut? Nope. No, of course not. Of course not. Uh, but yeah, that was, I think you detailed very well, like the ways in which I think a lot of Americans were like, yo, I got to call somebody. Did you see that? Am I, am I bugging? Or, and then start mm-hmm. talking about that. And so we wanted to talk about various, uh, the I got to call somebody time, moments. Yeah. And the, one of the first ones that came up from the 972, uh, and from the 214, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah, that was another one. And I mean, that I was, was a, watching that live and I didn't believe that happened. I, I was too. I was like, this has got to be a bit. This has got to be. There's something else going on here. I think a lot of people had a moment of trying to process, and more than a moment. I mean, people were talking mm-hmm. about it for days at the, after that. But just did, first of all, did I see what I thought I saw? Right, right. And then second of all, Same it's like here. you see him, you see Will Smith walk away, and you're like, all right, he's casually strolling, so maybe this is. And you look at and Chris Rock, and you're like, he he seems kind of sh- shocked. Yeah, he's just shocked. But maybe he's just playing this off. We know he could act a little bit, and I knew they were friends, right? But then after that. Man. You start seeing the way that everybody else in the room was reacting. Right. And it's like, oh, I don't think that was planned at all. And then Twitter all. blew up. Yeah. And I'm like reading Twitter while the rest of the ceremony is going on and Denzel trying to console people. That was crazy. Um, the 940 says it's kind of dark. But remember last year when DeMar Hamlin absolutely. had that heart no, attack? No, that absolutely yeah. matters. Ooh, Especially because like if it, because of it was dark, right? Because like there's some things they thought you kind of There's some things you kind of like text or tweet about, I guess. That felt like, yo, did, are we seeing what I think we're seeing? And then also, 
especially in football, like we keep it moving. If someone gets injured, we can get yeah. them off the field, and we keep going. They stopped. It was very evident that, yo, this is not going to keep going. And that that in and of itself was so different and anomalous that we were like, yeah, I don't know, man. The commentators, uh, Troy and Joe Buck, they had to just keep well, – no, it wasn't them. Was, yeah, I guess it was them. Whoever the commentators were, they had to kill time for an hour because mm. they didn't know if they were going to resume the game or not. And thank God the first responders – the emergency medical people saved his life, and they talked about that. And they even there was one of these big time specialists was on one of those news cable news shows saying, "You know what? I think he could actually restart his career because he's a tip top shaped athlete, unlike a regular normal walk around person that can just maybe have a healthy life. We think he can resume his career, and he did. Yeah. So props to him. Yeah. Um. I want to ask you about this one, Ca, mm-hmm. because I I wasn't really I wasn't really of the age to be able to be like, yo, let me call somebody behind this one. But there was a certain event that happened at the Palace at Auburn Hills. Oh yeah, the the Malice at the, the palace, palace when you had the Pacers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. end up in the stands and everything. Yeah. Like I've always heard about that as a I gotta call someone, especially because like this is again before we have yeah. social media and stuff where it's easy to immediately kind of get everybody's mm-hmm. perspectives. Do you remember like where you were or what happened when when you yeah. were in that instance? But here's the deal though, it was on I want to say it was on cable, so it wasn't on like. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't as many people catching it on TNT the way they do today. Right, they weren't consuming it the way they do now, and it wasn't like those teams were the Celtics versus the Lakers in the NBA Finals. So you heard about it, and you look watch Sports Center to see all the details, right? But the the other part, something that's kind of similar but even bigger, was when OJ Simpson that thing happened. There you and, go. And it wasn't even the just chase. The chase. It was the chase itself, and the white Bronco. That's where everybody was watching. I was at the NBA Finals in New York. The yes, Knicks you were, were playing the Rockets, and they were even showing the chase on the TV screens in Madison Square Garden. It yeah. was crazy. Yeah. Because everybody thought OJ might kill himself in this Bronco. Absolutely. I mean, he was he was up against some some real real tough charges, and he was talking to people on the phone saying, "I got to get out of here. I don't want." He left a, a note too, a, a, a last kind of a last will note or whatever you want to call it, a, not a getaway note, but a, mm-hmm. a note that this might be the. And he left it for those who don't know with Kim Kardashian's dad, Robert Kardashian, who was his attorney. Uh, from the 817, still don't blame our test for that. Understandable reaction. Agree. Uh, we don't have time to litigate that one. I found this one uh, interesting from the 806, and this is another positive one. Mm-hmm. Uh, last out of Game 5 when the Rangers won the World Series. Yes. Like, obviously, those types of moments oh, when you have a, a big, yeah, big uh, good, good moment, right? And they said hey, they had to call their brothers to ask if it was really happening. There were people who did that when Lucas scored those 73. Yeah, fair enough. If like, you are could, you watching this right now? Yeah, are you, you seeing what's if happening? If you could find it on Valley's. I'm just saying. <laughs> I had to go there. <laughs> oh, and someone says, sadly enough, when Dale Earnhardt's car crashed, that was another moment that people stopped down. Where were you when Dale's car crashed? Yeah, any. I mean, keep sending those in. I know mm-hmm. people mentioned, and I mean, it, another dark one, but a really, you know, notable time in our country. We talk about 9-11. Uh, someone talked about Rodney King riots. Yeah, uh, the space shuttle when that blew up. Oh, yeah. that I, I don't, I mean, I'm, that's not something I recall, but I mean, obviously I've heard yeah, enough about early that. Early 1980s. My that goodness. That's crazy. Um, Moody Some, Madness, that wasn't on television. Moody Madness was a Mavericks playoff game against Seattle. I was at that game at SMU, and they call it Moody Madness because it was the craziest ending to a playoff game, and the Mavericks won it. There you go. Some, some, I got to call somebody moments that happened. Oh, 9 11. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was on the air when that went down. That was really? crazy. Yes, oh on K104. There are different people said that's 
where they heard it first. They were because we were number one station. In right, town. right, right. They heard it first. We were talking about it, it was insane. And yeah. I was oh, it's just crazy. I stayed there the entire day giving oh updates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, CA's been around for a while. I got stories, man. Always does. And speaking of those, we'll give you some more CA stories at 1020 mm-hmm. this evening. It's to get right right here on 1053 the fan. Coming up next, um, when it comes down to, you know, the Cowboys this season. What to you was the Cowboys' best win of the season? 877-881-1053. We'll discuss it next on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.